Well, greetings each one this morning in Jesus' name. Good to have Michael's and Jonathan's with us back from Haiti. And Willis and Amanda here, welcome. Good to see the house well filled this morning. It has been said that hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. So you have a bit of a cycle that tend to go through. And if you look at history, even over the last hundred years, you would have to acknowledge we are living in good times today generally speaking, because I know individually some of us are going through hard times or go through hard times. But no time in history do we have the comfort, have we had the comforts and conveniences that we do today. Not that many years ago, um, children had to walk, walk to school. You know, we heard they'd have three miles to school through knee-deep snow, uphill both ways. And uh, last year, many children didn't even have to go to school. You know, they attend school from the comfort of their home. Not to be against homeschooling at all, just in general. Um, That's the way it was. Uh, Interesting statistic is 71% of men in the U.S. between the age of 17 and 24 would not be eligible to join the military even if they wanted to. I think that just goes to say of the easy times, the good times that we're living in create weak men. And I believe as a result of these times, people are becoming weak. Weak physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So how do we mitigate this risk is we need to exercise ourselves prevent coming weak. In 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse 7, it says, But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of life that now is, and that which is to come. So there's a little um, solution to getting through not becoming weak. So it was just a little bit of an introduction to the message that I have this morning, which this may surprise you, but incidentally, me and Delwyn did not collaborate at all on our messages this morning. Um, but for a title, I would like to, I would call this Hard Times. And I would like to look at how King David handled difficult times that he faced. So, if we could turn to Psalms uh, chapter 88. And I believe this can apply to all of us today because if we're not going through hard times currently, we probably have in the past or we will be in the future. 
So here in Psalms 88, it's not real clear um, what was the cause of um, David's difficult time here, but we can see he was um, he was pretty discouraged and down, it seems. So I think I'm just going to read the whole chapter here, Psalms 88. O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee, incline thine ear unto my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength. Free among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, whom thou rememberest no more, and they are cut off from thy hand. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the depths. Thy wrath lieth hard upon me. Thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves. Selah. Thou hast put away mine acquaintances far from me. Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. I am shut up, and I cannot come forth. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon thee. I have stretched out my hands unto thee. Wilt thou show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise thee? Selah. Shall thy loving kindness be declared in the grave, or thy faithfulness in destruction? Shall thy wonders be known in the dark, and thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Lord, why hast thou cast off my soul? Why hidest thou thy face from me? I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. While I suffer the tears, I am distracted. While I suffer thy tears, I am distracted. Thy fierce wrath goeth over me, thy tears have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. They can pass me about. Lover and friend hast thou put far from me, and mine acquaintances into darkness. And I thought it was really interesting what Delwyn shared this morning, and a blessing just to consider um, the life of David, and how he was a mighty man of God, and did many exploits for the Lord. And yet at the same time, there was times in his life where he faced very discouraging times. And just a couple of things I picked out of this passage that he mentioned specifically is his soul is full of troubles. He says, my life draweth nigh unto the grave. He's laid in the lowest pit in darkness. And thou hast put away my acquaintances far from me. Thou hast made me an abomination to them. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. I am afflicted and ready to die. <clears throat> and then uh, you see in verse 10 and next following verses, it says, Wilt thou show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead rise again to praise thee? And it's almost like... Um, David is telling God, "Look, I'm about to die. I'm about to die. What good is what good will I be to you then? You know, I can't praise you if I, after I'm dead, you won't be able to show your wonders to me." So it's almost like you know he's feeling a little bit of questioning. Why is why does he have to go through these things? And looking at this passage, you don't see necessarily indication that um, David was you know, backsliding or falling away from the Lord or he had sinned somehow. It doesn't really indicate why he was facing these things. 
But we can see that he was crying unto the Lord night and day, it says. He called daily upon the Lord and stretched out his hands to him. It says also in verse 13, But unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and the morning my prayer shall prevent thee. So he was very faithful in his prayers and seeking the Lord. And yet it was still difficult for him. Um, so I, I don't believe, not sure that Psalms are necessarily in um, chronological order, like as far as time goes, but I believe they're probably in the order they are for a reason. And I was really struck as I was reading through here earlier this week how you have such a um, strong shift in in viewpoint or um, topic from first from Psalms 88 to Psalms 89. So what do we see David doing when he's going through these difficult, hard times? We see him start praising God. In Psalms 89, he says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. And I'm not sure if I'm going to take the time to read this whole passage here in Psalms 89. But as you go down through there, he over and over he's praising the Lord. Verse 5, The heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness, also in the congregation of the saints. For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Um, then verse Ten, he starts talking about how God helped conquer some of the enemies. Um, verse 11, the heavens are thine, and the earth also is thine, for the world and the fullness thereof thou hast founded them. Verse 15, blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Verse 17, for thou art thy glory and strength, and in thy favor shall our horn be exalted. So seeing this juxtaposed with the previous passage where he was going through such difficult times, and now you see him praising God and rejoicing. And if you would just take that passage by itself, you may think that David had a very um, you know, good life. He was always encouraged. He was um, able to rejoice in the Lord. Um, but here, in, after 37 verses of this praising the Lord, in verse 38 here of Psalms 89, you'll see he says, But thou hast cast off and abhorred, thou hast been wroth with thy anointed. Thou hast made void the covenant of thy servant, thou hast profaned his crown by casting it to the ground. <clears throat> so what I see here is, with these two passages is David had clearly chosen that he's going to rejoice in the Lord. He's going to consider God's... We see him that he goes back hundreds of years and considering the faithfulness of God as he led the children of Israel. He considers the power of God when he created the world. And then he goes and lists many of the promises God made to him towards there in chapter 89. 
But at the same time, he's not necessarily having a mountaintop experience. He's still hurting and asking God, why are you doing these things? Or why are these things in my, coming to my life? And let's just read there in, we're in chapter 89, verse 40. Thou hast broken down all his hedges, talking about himself, and brought his strongholds to ruin. All that pass by the way spoil him, and he's reproached to his neighbors. Thou hast set up the right hand of his adversaries, thou hast made all his enemies to rejoice. Um, and verse 45, the days of his youth thou hast shortened, thou hast covered him with shame, Selah. How long, Lord, wilt thou hide thyself forever? Shall thy wrath burn like fire? Remember how short my time is, wherein thou hast made all. Wherefore hast thou made all men in vain? What man is he that liveth and shall not see death? Shall he deliver his soul from the hand of the grave? Wherefore, O Lord, where are thy former loving kindness, which thou swearest unto David in thy truth? And I thought it was interesting that once again it seems like he's. Um, almost reproaching God a little bit, like, I'm getting older, here in verse um, 45 and 46, 47. It's like, what man is there that isn't going to die? And after I die, how can I rejoice, or how can I praise you? It's just kind of interesting to consider his line of thinking there. And then the last verse of this chapter, Blessed be the Lord forevermore. So if these are in somewhat, we're going to consider them to be in somewhat chronological order here, I guess, for the sake of the message. Um, We see him going through difficult times. He chooses to rejoice and remember the works of the Lord. But it's still going through hard times. The difficult things didn't just go away overnight. Um, they were still there. But I would like to um, take notice of what follows these two psalms and just read a um, short couple of verses from the next ten, the next ten psalms. 90 to 100. Just trying to understand what was David thinking, what was he doing when he was going through difficult times. Sorry. So first one, I'm just going to read them fairly quickly. You don't necessarily have to follow along. In chapter 90, he says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Psalms 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Um, Psalm 92. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. To show forth the, thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Psalm 93. The Lord reigneth, he is clothed with, clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength. 
Psalm 94, verse 12. Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law. That thou mayest give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit be digged for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. But judgment shall return unto the righteous, and the upright in heart shall follow it. Psalm 95, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalm. For the Lord is a great God, and great King above all gods. Psalm 96, O sing unto the Lord a new song, sing unto the Lord all the earth. Psalm 97, The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of isles of the isles be glad thereof. Psalm 98, O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. Psalm 99, The Lord reigneth, let the people tremble. He sitteth between the cherubims, let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, he is high above all the people. Let them praise thy great and terrible name, for it is holy. And then Psalms 100, I think I'm going to read the whole chapter, it's pretty short. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pastor. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, and his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. I was just real blessed considering, or just seeing how David goes from being, you know, struggling, going through very difficult times, but choosing over and over again to worship the Lord and to consider his holiness and to consider his greatness and praise him. And what happened to David's problems? They may have still been there, but he chose to um, chose to serve the Lord and to rejoice in him. And as we consider the testimony of David's life, what did God think about him? We read in Acts chapter 13, I believe it's quoting, I'm not sure what message this was. It's talking about God, and he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave their testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart which shall fulfill all my will. So just an amazing testimony that David had. And we know he had many times where God came through for him and did mighty works through him. But then there was also the low times, and he was able to serve the Lord and worship him through it all. There's a poem I'd like to read. 
One ship drives east and another west by the self same, with the selfsame winds that blow. Tis the set of the sails and not the gales which tells us the way to go. Like the winds of the seas are the ways of fate as we voyage through the life. Tis the set of the soul that decides its goal and not the calm or the strife. So we know that, you know, we live in this world, hard and difficult times will come to all of us. And the question would be to us, will we um, be willing to choose, like David did, to sing of the mercies of the Lord, to remember the faithfulness of God, and to dwell on the many promises God has made to us. And then also, like David did, open our mouth and tell others about the faithfulness of God to us. So when we, when we are in the storms of life and we choose not to let our minds dwell on those problems that we may be faced or the difficulties, but rather we, we, our mind dwells on the goodness of God and the mercy of God and the faithfulness of God and his majesty. It is like that ship in the sea that sets our sail towards heaven. And that doesn't matter how hard the winds blow, it just... It just drives us all the faster. So that's all I have this morning. Just encouragement that we, um, through the hard times, we look to God for our strength, and we worship him and praise him for all he's done for us.